Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This is Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. Police found 27 corpses. Australia's worst serial killer. You know, I didn't want to get in the car. With Amanda Howard and Robert McKnight. Hello there and welcome to Monsters Who Murder, Serial Killer Confessions. I'm Rob McKnight and you can find me at Rob underscore McKnight on Twitter. And a big thank you to everyone who's reached out to me on Twitter and said g'day or asked questions. And as always, I'm joined by the serial killer whisperer. She's a best-selling true crime author and a criminologist. Amanda Howard, 73, is where you can find her on Twitter. Not that she takes too much of a gander. She's a Facebook girl. Hello, Amanda. Hello, Robert. How are you going this week? Oh, good, thank you. I uh, uh, I don't really know how to answer that. If I'm to be <laughs> no, I, ne- I never asked you how you are, but what I really wanted to ask was you were having a- an issue with your shirt, and I was going to offer for you to do it without your shirt on, but I didn't think I should go there, so I went with the default. No, we want people to watch the video cast. We don't want them to be uh, turned off. <laughs> Um, it was Amanda- worth a try. <laughs> <laughs> Amanda, more of Chris Watts, and it's interesting. Mm. We've got one more episode to go after this, and uh, let's let's peek behind the curtain because you're actually having a bit of trouble with the final episode that comes after this one. It is now. We've done a couple of seasons, like we've done a Jodie Arias, we've done Manson, mm. um, but this one has really hit me in a place that gives me massive fatigue. Every episode has been a struggle, and doing the final episode, which is going to be an absolutely amazing, moving sort of one, moving away from the evilness that is Watson and, and looking at the repercussions of the case. But it just, it's, I'm, I've hit that wall, and it's been really, really tough. And I'm not someone who breaks promises, but I know I've promised you I would have done this episode four times over by now i just can't do it it's really odd well it's an interesting thing because as someone uh, uh as a listener and someone taking part i've loved this season i've loved our deep dive into chris watt <laughs> so it's interesting that um and i certainly know it's something you have been intrigued by but it's just interesting that you've you called it fatigue yeah it's just i yeah as you said, I do all of these sorts of things 24-7, but it's just looking at this guy's smug-ass face that I want to punch repeatedly, <laughs> it just it, it takes me to a place that I don't want to go. And it's really odd because, you know, all, all, all crimes are terrible, as we know, and this is certainly not in, in that worst-case scenario, but it's just it's just fatiguing. There's no other word, and it's not because we've done so much. It's just this case in general. So um, I'll be glad to see the end of it next week. But, but from the feedback you're getting, people are enjoying this season, so other people, the oh, listeners, absolutely. don't have fatigue, right? No. <laughs> 
no, no one, just me. I just think it's <laughs> it's got to that point. I realize I have so much I need to do, and we're already sort of at the end of February, and there's just so much. And I think, yeah, I, I'm probably a bit overwhelmed. Not that I need a break because next the next season I've all already started working on, but it's just. Oh my God, Chris, what's go away? You are fascinating, but maybe that's the problem. Maybe I've spent too much time uh, looking into this abyss and I just think it's got me back. Well, I have an announcement about what's going to happen at the conclusion of this season and I'll tell you that at the end of the episode because it's going to be a surprise to Amanda as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, I know where you're going now. Now I'm terrified. <laughs> No, you don't know where I'm going. Uh, All right, let's get into it. As Amanda mentioned, we are up to episode seven of our season on Chris Watts as we continue the confession portion. Now, you already saw that he failed the polygraph test and then he lied to his father saying that Shanann had killed the kids and he had to kill her. The atmosphere in the room is extremely tense and Watts continues his charade of being a noble father who killed the mother of his children in defence of them. Watts is crying. His father is devastated. Agent Tammy Lee is trying to sound sympathetic and soothing. Agent Graham Coda doesn't look convinced. Are they all three out there, Chris? Yes. Okay. What was she doing to Cece? She's just on the other room. Back in the room. And around what? Like, you saw it? I saw it on the monitor. I'm cutting the fire right in there. What'd she say? They were off. I saw CC was sorry, blue. It's not moving. And just that blind rage, I just did the same thing to her. <laughs> Jeez, Amanda, there's a lot going on there, but very little is being said. Talk me about that because I reckon this speaks volumes. It certainly does, Rob. But what we have here is a variety of different emotions and different body language cues that we can see. So uh, the first one is Watts. He's faking crying. He's got his head in his hands. He's, like, got this sort of crying emotional speech, but it absolutely means nothing. Though his dad, with his head in his, head in his hands, is absolutely devastated. You can see that there's a difference between their two, two positions. His father is more slumped. He's just, like, just devastated of what is going on here the Mm. fact that he thinks that um his daughter-in-law had killed um their their children and that his son then had had to kill her he has to go with what he he believes because he's seeing his son in such a very stressful situation he knows that he's failed the the polygraph test so he's going to think well he must be now telling the truth but then we look at uh, i'm intrigued by this because i wonder if the dad knows and whether he suspects his son was behind the whole thing. There is a couple of times he sort of says, you know, are you sure that's the story? You know, right. are, are you really true on this? Especially when they're saying that um, things like, oh, I could see her turning blue, and yet he's seeing this on the baby TV screen thing uh, f- from a different room, and we know that they're low res. So yeah. I have no idea how he is thinking that they're going to believe that. But then when we look at the agents, I mean, Coda is sitting back in, in the back corner. He's sort of slumped towards the table, and Lee's sitting in front of him, and both of them have their hands 
under their chins, like holding uh, up their chins. Now, in the Patreon group, I've actually discussed with them what this means. If you're chairing a meeting and someone's talking and everyone else is doing this pose, cancel the meeting and send an email because no one is caring what is being said right now. And I go into a lot of meetings and I see this so often it just makes me laugh. But they're like <laughs> bullshit. They are not caring a second for what Watts is trying to say. And that's their stance. I mean, um, Lee's trying to do a bit more, but Coda's like, yeah, no, nah, I'm done. Hmm. Well, Watts is once again asked to go over the details of the events and his story is still far from truthful. And the babies are gone. And that I put my hands around my wife's neck and did that same thing. Did Shannon fight back at all? When you did that? The rage that I had after seeing that, I, not much. <laughs> Okay, so Lee just asked him if Shanann fought back and at all, and he said, with the rage I felt at that sight, not much. W was that actually a brag? It was a brag. He's saying, you know, I was the hero that come in and slammed the door open with my cape flying behind me and, and I had to kill a child killer because I am so amazing, not like running to his, his children to see if they're okay or screaming at her to get off or anything like that. He went went instantly at her without any explanation like you know the child could have been choking or something she's trying to you know help he actually sort of jumps those sort of possible scenarios for him to actually go and say i flew in there in a rage and and, mm. and there's no way that she could fight back against me it's just he thinks it's a brag he thinks that he's, he's being the hero but what it's showing is that he was a cold-blooded killer that was happy to choke his wife over his children yeah. Well, Coda then wants more clarity, and Watts gets pretty involved in the show and the show he's putting on. And then he asks for the tissue box. Now, long-term listeners and watchers of Monsters Who Murder know what's coming. Let's do this. <laughs> when you came in, was your wife on top of her, right, when you came in? Mm -hmm. So you saw it in person. That's my rest in. So I went in there to talk to her again. And when you came in, she was right there on top. She was right there. And kind of her hands on her throat. To do. Are you trying to save Cece? It's hard to go and say. She wanted to move her and her head swing over my like that. So where did you put them out there? Because that's really important.
I didn't know what else to do. I know. I didn't know what else to do. I was so scared. I know. It's like my wife just did this, that just did that. What do I do? Right. Or anything that I would do from there was just going to be just insensitive and just a horrible thing. You were in tough spot. I think, what can you do, right? Your body just kind of takes uh, okay, he had the tissues. He's got his back to the camera. I was looking for the wet tears to see if the tissues were actually wet, but he rubbed those eyes pretty hard there, Amanda. <laughs> That's your dead giveaway. People who are crying are not going to rub the tears into their eyes because it, it it defeats the purpose because you're trying to wipe them away, not rub them in. And so, yep, we're getting good at spotting those. It is amazing. So is he trying to but rub using... some tears out? Get like, yes. if I rub hard enough, I'll cry. That's that's exactly what they do. They, oh. they try and think that by making their eyes red and trying to make the tears come, that it's going to look better than them falsely making sounds that sounds like crying. Right. So, you know, but but he's, he's not doing this as a way to get sympathy. This is a, a way to get distraction away mm. from what they're asking about where mm. the bodies are. He doesn't want to answer, answer that question. And also note, he's not looking at his dad. He's going to find it harder to lie if he looks at his dad. So he's looking towards the officers where he's trying to uh, preserve his own life in, in the face of this interrogation. So all of this is sort of coming together uh, to, to show how um, someone who thinks he, he's a master of deception basically fails. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talked about him trying to avoid the question of where the bodies are, and the two agents, of course, they're going to come back to that question, and he's doing even more to avoid having to answer it. What's going to happen? We're going to help him get out of there. Do you prefer, would you prefer them when you're one of your coworkers? Oh, my God, no. 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 Okay. I cannot. <laughs> You said that everybody thinks I'm a good man. They're going to see that too. Like, what the fuck did you do, Chris? Like, why did you go to college to begin with? Well, they weren't in your shoes. They don't know. I don't. They weren't living your life. I know, but still, it's like people are going to. I can never like. I can't go a little steps at a time. How about that? I can't have anybody show you out there. Anybody, of course. Okay. I mean, they're, this is, they're just going to form their own opinions anyways once they figure everything out anyway. <laughs> we'll just take little steps tonight then. How about that? Yeah. Do you have to have any of them with you? No. No. We can, prefer you. Can you and me and Tammy and Ronnie get in the car and just drive out there? You just point Chris, I know they're gone, but they're still your babies. And you're still their dad. I don't want to look her. <laughs> <laughs> you want someone else to find them out there. You don't. So all they want is the location of the bodies, which you would think that if his story was true, he'd want them to 
get the bodies. You know, funerals are a big thing, ha- having family say goodbye. But he's certainly up the emotions. And I have to point out, he's changed the, his position. He's now holding his forehead. That's a posture of extreme extreme stress, as you've said earlier. Yeah, so he's he's now upping the drama. So, um, sort of he, he sort of had his hands over his eyes, but now his head is actually sort of burrowed into his hands. And this is one to sort of so he can rub his eyes with the um, heel of his palm, uh, but also because he is in extreme stress. He is now realizing that all of his stories are going to fly away as soon as they see what he has done with his two little girls. Like, mm. you take them out, out to the desert and bury them, that's one thing. Dropping them into oil pit tank things is a whole nother issue and it's even more cold-blooded than I than, than we'd want to think. You know, so he is just trying to um, sort of do this so, so then they might back off and just leave him. You know, he's been doing this for days now. He just wants them to just give him a break. He can't collect his thoughts if they're going at him constantly like this. He doesn't have the opportunity to try and think of a different story or, oh, I think they're out there and they never find them or anything like that. He doesn't have this chance. No, and he fell into their trap by agreeing to the story that they gave him that it was the wife who killed the kids and then he, to save the kids or in an attempt to try and save the kids, killed the wife and and he bought that hook, line and sinker, ran with it and now he's being backed into a corner because he has to produce the bodies. Yeah, it's 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 a it's a terrifying moment for him because this is why they offer these alternate uh, scenarios because by doing that he doesn't have the the opportunity or any killer doesn't have the op- opportunity to create the world around that storyline. So when they fall for them, and we've seen this done many many times, it's their undoing because then the story that they've got. The, the, the police can pick holes in it a lot easier than they could if it was the actual truth. Oh, it, it, it's fantastic. And and that um, lady who was the lie detector who did the polygraph test, she's fantastic because even the questions, she is throwing in those elements, the questions she asks, I think she's brilliant. Um, all right, well, the agents then leave the room and leave Watts with his father for half an hour before returning. Now, during that time, the two men talk about the family and notifying people. Ronnie then leaves the room and Coda begins again, and this time they have a picture of the location where he said the bodies are, and they want him to point out where to find them. But once again, he tries to stall. So if you're for it, we'll talk a little bit more um... I think we have a picture of, is it Survey 319? I think we have a picture. Um, kind of walk you through that. I'm sure you have a ton of questions for us about, you know, how your night, month, and weekend's going to look. Um, so Tammy, I was just telling him, I wanted to show him that picture. Yeah. Um, and then we're going to talk a little bit about how the rest of the night's going to go. Um, Good try, moron. Does he really think the FBI is just going to go and look for a Google map? 
exactly because he was about to pinpoint and then go oh no hang on a sec i can get out of this by backtracking he is sinking he has he's up the creek with no paddle all this sort of stuff he, but he's trying he thought that maybe that they just went to the other room got onto like the local public library and and printed something from google maps he really thought that he was going to be able to say oh no it's changed since then so this isn't right but no they sent a drone up and took the picture themselves <laughs> Well, after intensely looking at the map for quite some time, Watts then points before Lee gives him a pen to make official and Lee begins to get details out of him about what he did and how they were disposed of. Confirmed. It's a different name. Yeah. The first name. Okay. And where are the girls at? Mm-hmm. And these? Mm-hmm. So which one is the other one? Are they in the tanks? Can somebody who doesn't know what they're doing open those? Okay, it's easy to open. What's in the tanks? It's a mixture of oil and water. Truck from, from the bed to the truck, 
Yeah, from your master bed to the truck. Yeah. Minutes. Okay. Are you talking about covering her off or something? No. Is there anything else about anything out here that has stuff that you've left in certain spots or you sure their blankets and toys aren't going to be in there as well? Not because it was recommendation. Can you do me a huge favor and just write your name on the bottom? Just so I know that we didn't make those marks. I'm just going to write the date on it, okay? Eight it's a very somber room, isn't it, Amanda? I'm a bit fascinated by this. Watts wasn't saying too much, and Lee, she really seems to know where to go at, with that calm, nurturing voice. She's not pushing... Well, she is pushing him. I was about to say she's not pushing him. She is pushing him, but not in, a, in an overt way. Yeah, and that's why this is working so well. So they're able to sort of uh, match him with the right interrogator because, as as we know, Coda's been there for a couple of days talking to Watts, but now with her coming um, forward as the lie detector person as well as the investigating officer, it makes it a lot easier too because um, he knows that she sort of knows her, her stuff and she has to be coming because when you're doing a polygraph test with someone, you don't want someone screaming at you, answer the damn question, you know, that's <laughs> So there's all of that that she's been able to, to bring to this because she literally said at the start of the polygraph uh, uh, test that um, she didn't know much about the case. Yes. She goes, oh, I'm just here to do this. And then she switches into investigator mode. That was amazing to mm. do. But, you know, she's going through it with him and saying, you know, like, we can see the sheet that you wrapped her in. You know, the, the, the toys are probably around there somewhere. Like, what's going on? Where are they? And um, Coda's just sort of popping in every so often with a question to sort of be a bit more hard-nosed. But Lee is just doing an amazing job because, obviously, uh, she's going to sort of reflect a bit at Watts that, you know, she She's a female, she's a mum kind of mm. thing, even if she, she's not. It's go, going to give that impression, which is going to unnerve him a bit as well because she, he thought, was just um, like a, a tech that came in, not that she was part of the investigation team. Yeah. So I think that's been good. And so now they're just dotting their I's and crossing their T's. They need to get this done however long it takes. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, with the map identified and signed, Lee, Lee leaves the room and now it's Coda's time to ask the questions. Was she wearing, was your wife wearing any shorts or pants or anything just under her? Okay. Do you remember what that Blue.
about how to get them. Yeah. It's, uh, does someone have to climb up to the top and unscrew something and then lower something down to get them? They're like just a hatch from the top and they're like 20 foot tanks. How far down are they? That, wherever the food level was in the tank, I'm not sure. Okay. What was it when you were there? I don't know. I didn't okay. I wasn't looking for that. Okay. This seems to be changing dramatically. Have we gone past self-preservation here? Yeah, we have. He's, he's resigned to the fact of regardless of what his story is, they know that he has dumped these bodies, if nothing else. They know that. And the fact that Coda sort of goes into what was Shanann wearing, you know, it's not like he's going to go and dig up 12 bodies and has to decide which one's Shanann. I yeah. mean, this is just about him having to relive what they were wearing. You know, he, he, he went through, like, you know, how far down the girls dropped into the tanks. Um, did they, you know, basically did they make a splash? That's what he's trying to ask. This is absolute pure evil genius now. Coda's just sort of putting him into that zone, reminding him that he's now going to hurt from now on and that he's going to be in control of that and Watts has no control left. And that's why he knows now that it's done, that he is just going to sit there and mumble answers now because Coda's got his man and he's just going to go for it. But, at this point, Watts hasn't admitted anything. So he certainly hasn't said, yes, I did it, it was all me. At the moment, his official statement is still, it was Shanann. But does he know that when they find the bodies, well, it, the game's over? Well, they're actually going to get to that. So that that's going to be a fun part of, of this investigation that is actually coming up. But he's now sort of making him realise that, you put those girls into that tank. You could have buried them beside Shannon and sort of left them together or something or that you didn't want them to be with her, but he dropped them into giant tanks of oil and grease or whatever it is. Um, that's heinous. That That is, you know, they could find Shannon's body later and that's a thing and she's a skeleton or, or whatever, God forbid. Those girls are meant to not be found. Yeah. And that's the difference. Well, Watts is about to ask a very interesting question, but before we get to that, I just want to take a moment to thank everyone who contributes to supporting the podcast through Uscreen and a Patreon. Obviously, at mwm.uscreen.io, you can buy each and every video that we produce for $5 each, or you can subscribe for $15 a month, and that way you get full access to all the videos. It's the best way to do it. Or if you prefer, you can subscribe through Patreon, where there's a whole range of tiers. For $5, you get the audio version of the podcast a week, a week earlier than everybody else. For $10, you get that plus bonus material. For $20, you get all of that plus a group chat, video chat that is, with Amanda and myself once a month. And I should also mention the $10 tier also gets you access to the secret Patreon Facebook page where Amanda shares her thoughts and asks questions and shares lots of stuff about the podcast and the world of true crime. For $25, you get the video version of the podcast included with your subscription and all those extras. And for $50 a month, you get a one-on-one -on -one session per month with Amanda. It's great value and a great way to support the podcast and help us keep going. And we really do appreciate the fact 
everyone contributes and helps us. Uh, and if that's not your thing, no worries. But if it would, if you would like to support the podcast that way, just go to patreon.com slash MWM confessions. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad. And I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. All right, as I mentioned, Watts then asks a very interesting question. You may go out there or no? I don't think so. Would you prefer not to? Uh, I didn't know if you needed help going, getting there. You know, I don't know. Um, I think once we got that picture, we didn't really know um, how much uh, about the location that the other police officers knew. But it sounds like they knew somehow right, and right how to get to 319. So, and I think that's how they got that picture. Now, this is interesting. He thought he'd be going to the dump site. Yes, this was going to be another uh, publicity opportunity for him. He was going to be the sobbing, howling, devastated father as his two little babies are taken out of the tank where he dumped them, you know, and his pregnant wife. So the rest of the world doesn't quite know right now what's going on. Mm. So um, this is all still behind scenes we're not seeing you know the press release the last press that we saw might have mentioned that he was arrested but that's pretty standard in, in most of these cases and everyone thought it was him anyway um but is he thought that this was going to be an it, opportunity could it also be that he wanted to know what they're finding what's going on uh because he's got no control at the moment he does not know what's happening out as they're retrieving the bodies 100% right, Rob, but that's exactly what's happening. This is the control. This is He wanted to paint this narrative. That's why he wanted to go out there and be the grieving dad. This is what it is. This is about him getting that sympathy. And as we know, he has so many pen pals and, and admirers and stuff that this was him doing the same again. This is about him trying to work out his hero angle in this. Um, but like Coda says, mate, the cops pretty much knew where to go. You've now ticked the, the, the box on, on the map. You know, see you later. You're done. Mm. So it's just, it's just great that it got to that point. Well, it's interesting because Coda actually pauses in this next clip before going down another line of thought that brings them back to what happened this morning. And again, <laughs> they poke more holes in his story. Does your, um, does your nanny cam... Do you have an anti right? It's a monitor. A monitor. Is it, is it a video one? It's like it cycles back and forth between one. Bell and the room? Oh, okay. Okay. Is there any chance it records? No. Okay. I'm just wondering what do you think, what do you think ultimately made um, Shanann snap? Just knowing that that affair or. And she knew, she just needed me to admit it, and I would admit it. 
Okay, so there's a few things to unpack there. First, could you imagine if the nanny cam did record? Oh, if it did, could you imagine his story then, how he was going to make that work to his advantage? Mm. But then the story of what he saw on the nanny cam has changed again, hasn't it? 
Yeah, so we've gone from he was downstairs making shakes and working out to being in the bedroom to being somewhere else that he's now been in the bathroom and that he heard the commotion, the commotion but rather than going and checking on his daughters, he went and checked the, the screen viewer to see what was happening on that <laughs> and he saw it cycle through and saw Bella on camera and she was like lying sprawled out, which I is what most people laugh. do when they're in bed. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah, but it's just it goes from the ridiculous to the sublime. He's he's just trying to fit the narrative, and as we said, he hasn't had this chance to make this new story fit. So this is why they ask him to go over it again and again and again because it's just slowly crumbling around him as he tries to make it fit. And when we looked at the um, footage of the bedroom when he of the upstairs living area when he was going through with the police officer all the bedrooms are near each other so the idea that there's a noise coming off over to the right but he goes <laughs> to the left into the master bedroom to look at the monitor before going to where the actual yep. sound is um, <laughs> come on yeah Exactly, exactly. And, you know, and I just, we know it's going to be some sort of crappy pixelated sort of thing because he was cheaping things like this. So he wasn't going to see anything clear to know what's going on. The fact that his daughter was lying flat out is nothing. That's how normal kids sleep. And yeah. the fact that his wife is standing over Cece, it, like if I saw someone standing over my child with, like, you know, someone I loved, I would expect that there was something wrong and I would run up to help. Yes. Not, I would go and kill her, you know, and that's you the big issue. That's, that's a, where, another bloody good point. If if I saw my wife over one of the kids, I wouldn't naturally think, she's killed them, you know, like, exactly. come on. Exactly, 100%, and that's why this story doesn't fit, and that's why they're making him make up these fanciful parts of it to try and fit yeah. into the story that they fed to him that he's now feeding back to them. Yeah. Well, Coda then asks for more details on how Watts killed Shanane. Um, and then what happened? I looked at her and I just on top of her and do you want to tell Shanane did the same thing? Okay. Did you have to knock her down? No. She was already on the ground? I was like, I just pulled her off on the bed. Oh, kind of one move. Yeah. Okay. So it's not as though you no, I didn't pull her off. No. Like I went up. Okay. 
and so your wife was right on top of her. You could just see that. And then did you pull her this way or that way? Or so it's where her head was on the side, right over here. Yeah, on the, on the left. Are you looking at it? Okay. Did you put it fine? I lost it so much that it didn't feel like she did. Okay. You're a pretty strong dude. Um, um, did she, was she yelling? Was she screaming? Was she talking? Was she scratching you? Nothing? Uh, I, I didn't feel, I just, I just felt such anger that nothing, I didn't feel anything. Oh, he's putting on a great show, sticking to that story as much as he can, Amanda. He is, and now that they're getting down to sort of the, the geographics of it, uh, he's trying to sort of fit it in so it makes sense because Court is saying, well, if you were standing at the door and and Shanann was over a CC like that, like how would you have seen her and how do you know what's going on? And and so mm-hmm. he's, he's trying to make it sound better, like where did she sleep on the bed? In the middle of the bed. Yes, we all do that. But there's more to it than that. And she's and he's just sort of saying, yeah, I was standing here and, you know, what I felt was so intense, you know, because he's asked, did Shannon say anything? Well, he said no, he choked her to death in, in one second. So, um, and then, you know, what wave CC sets had up and she had been choking and her, her mum was trying to save her. This is why the story doesn't work. So he's mm. trying to make it fit. But, um, yeah, so now they're looking at where he was standing. We're getting down to those finite details that he can't actually answer. So his story has to come so quickly that um, he's not going to be able to recall it if they ask him these details again. So that's what they keep doing with that. Right. Very clever. Well, after further demonising his wife, Coda's next question to Watts reminds him that he doesn't believe his bullshit. Is it possible that when we get these girls, you know, uh, Bella, Cece, and Shanann, is it possible when we get them um, that we're going to see anything other than the cause of death being her hands? Okay. And what I mean by that, and I should be very clear, is that um, it, it's some, some of it's hard to believe that your wife did it, uh-huh. right? You can imagine that. Uh-huh. Okay. So is it possible that maybe she um, did one, and then you got Shanann, so you did the Shanann when she did to one of your daughters, and then you had to just do it to the other one? Uh-huh. Okay. okay. So is there, that's not, no, that's not what happened. No. Okay. Um, is it possible that, is there any other way where we might see your hands on the girl's neck? No. Okay. okay. And you know what I mean? Because when we find their, their little bodies, oh, no. we're going to see the diameter of someone's hand yeah. and someone's fingers, right? So is it at all possible we're going to no. see yours? No. Okay. All right. And I know it's hard, and I know you're probably getting angry at my, my question, but we have to ask. Come on, dickhead, you said the same about the lie detector test here. They've got you. Just stop bullshitting. (laughs) It would be so nice, and I wish we could see his face right there. He would have just gone into absolute panic stations when Coda said to him, are we going to see the the diameter of the hand around their throats being different to Shanann's hands? He would have had all of these facial pain expressions happen in a split second, and Coda would have gone, yep. (laughs) we got you there too but unfortunately we can't see which is so so frustrating um but yeah he's just sort of being told that this is going to go in 
places that you hadn't even expected and we're going mm. to get you regardless of what you're telling us here. Yeah. So, again, Lee and Coda call bullshit on what's the story. So you're good with the public knowing that Shanann killed her daughters? I did not hurt these girls. Are you okay with the public knowing that Shanann? Yes, because I did not hurt these girls. Chris, I'm not sure I believe Are you sure? Well, we don't know about Bella, right? 
We don't know about Bella. Bella, it's, it's, I didn't feed Janet on top of her. Okay. That's the commotion I heard upstairs, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming. Okay. Why take their bodies out of the house and bury them? I was scared. I didn't know what else to do. Okay. Nothing, nothing, nothing was gonna, I, I didn't know what to do. Yeah. I honestly didn't know what to do. Scared of what? Scared of what everything was gonna look like. There was, my two babies were gone, mm -hmm. and I, I just did that to my wife. And I was the only one left in the house. What do you expect is gonna happen? Yeah. It did look bad, right? It looked, I mean, this was a nightmare. Yeah. This guy's cooked, but he is not going down without a fight. Yeah, he's just hoping that this is all going to be a bit of bluff and they don't, he doesn't understand that they know all of the story, they know everything that's going to happen, that this is going to be basically their easiest slam dunk case because, he, let's face it, he hadn't had time to cover his, his, his tracks. But, you know, basically they're saying to him, we know the true story. The story that you're trying to tell us has these massive gaping holes in yeah. it and you're trying to get us to believe you. And like Coda says, yeah, we've gone through this a couple of times now, but I think that was double-edged. So I think that that was saying um, we've gone through this with you a couple of times, but also we've done this as a job a couple of times that maybe mm. we know what we're talking about. But I, it's just he is just going to keep trying and he answers those questions so quickly and that's another uh, form of lying that, you know, I know that I talk about sometimes that people will take a few seconds to think about an answer and give it, but him going, no, as soon as they ask him, that's him trying to deny it before they've even finished asking the question. So then it can be um, a denial in anticipation. Ah, interesting. Well, Corda then poses another question that I, I reckon most of us have wondered about during all of this. Why didn't you push any other things? I didn't know what else to do. I just... How far down is she? I don't know, like, like two feet maybe. How long did it take you to dig that? No. Give me an idea. 20, 30. Does anyone ever, like, go up this ladder and, like, look in the tanks? Mm -hmm. So. How are you going to avoid that? Or is it you that does that? Anybody that goes to the location. How often is that done that those tanks are checked? Depends if they're making enough oil or whatnot. Once a week, maybe. So do you want someone to find them? I didn't know what else to take something. I didn't. That's the location I was going out to that morning. Anyway. And, and that's, I didn't know what else to do. So you weren't thinking that far ahead? No. Okay. Didn't really answer the question, did he? No, he doesn't. And he's done this a few times. So they keep asking him, why remove the kids from, from the house? Like, why do you do that? And I think really he had planned to bury all, all three of them. But like he said, it took about half an hour to dig a two-feet hole for Shanann. So let's say um, this happened around 
5 a.m., I think, yes. Uh, then he, he left home at quarter to six, so it takes about half an hour to get there. So that's quarter... Uh, that's quarter to seven, and then he is going to take half an hour. So we're going now, oh, my mass is now completely out, about <laughs> 7.30. And though it's winter, it's it will still start to be getting light now. So um, he is losing the darkness. Uh, so that's why he decided to do something else with the girls, because uh, sunshine was coming and people would start to be turning up soon to the ah. site, I assume. So this is why he, he had to do another Think Quick, and that's why he's probably dumped them. But he doesn't want to say that. He just sort of... Um, tries to say that, you know, he feels like that he was go going to be set up for this. Mm. Just another poor excuse. Yeah. Well, Coda has another question, and this is the very reason why they asked the subjects to go over the story multiple times. Have a look at what I mean. Yesterday when you were talking, um, and again, this is before we kind of got to this um, moment today, you mentioned that... Um, we were talking, he said, I don't know where they are, I don't know where they are, and then you said something along the lines of, whatever happened to him, this act of pure evil, what did that mean? Is this the evil that I saw when I walked behind Shannon and she was on top of the scene? And then I felt evil spread into Shannon. Coders 
really going for the punches, rat poison in his stomach, in her stomach, uh, stab wounds. He's he's keeping Watts off center, isn't he? He's really throwing these things in here, like think about what the coroner's going to find because this is what coroners do. So whatever you've done to her will be discovered. <laughs> Absolutely. And it also allows him to use some of these to pepper his story. So if he says, oh, yeah, she might have a black eye because I accidentally hit her with the shovel when I was burying her or something like that, he can try and make stories fit into that narrative because he's finding out, especially after Lee just saying to him, you know, Shanann uh, was buying hair care products while trying to at 2.30 and the credit card was declined, which suggests that, that could have been the final moment. She could have said, like, I'm working my ass off and, um, you know, I just wanted to get some some hair shampoo and I couldn't even buy that because the credit card's overdue. Um, you know, all mm. of this sort of adds into what this scenario that was going. And like uh, they've said, said a few times, is it possible that he killed the girls before she got home? Because uh, the, the scenario is so unusual in that um, so uh, apparently she got up at the same time as him, didn't get dressed because we've just found out several times that she's wearing just her underwear and she thought I'm going to kill the kids this morning you know like it doesn't seem plausible you know it's not like she could have waited half an hour for him to leave the house and do it you know there's all of this like why did she happen to decide right then and there while he was downstairs making his shake to strangle the, their two daughters to death you know it's just so out of the realm of, of possibility, you know, and the fact that Coda then says to um, says to Watts, yeah, but when we started talking, you said whoever did this is pure evil. So, like, what's going on? Are you the pure evil person? Because that's what you, you sort of said then. So why are we going to believe anything you say now when, you know, that was the story that you said then? And that's why they go over this because now they start picking away at these tiny pieces that he says and it sort of makes everything he, he says fall in an in a absolute heap. Mm. Well, we get to the point where Lee joins in asking Watts about his girlfriend, Nikki, and she even shows her cards to make sure that Watts knows that she knows. What were you talking to Nikki about before your wife got home? Before she got home? You talked for like several hours. I covered it and we talked a lot. Just conversations, just random conversations. We talked a lot. Does Nikki know about any of this? Seriously? No, she doesn't. No, like. I mean, she knows, like, with, from the news and everything like that. Mm -hmm. Anything else? Did you share with her anything? Does she know your wife was pregnant? She does now. And I told her that. She didn't know at the time? So you didn't tell her? So I was scared, too. Felt like, you know, like, she wouldn't even, like, go on a date with me. And she knew that, so it's... Did she know you were married with kids? Yes. Okay. But just not pregnant, yes. I told her that, you know, like, we were we actively tried before we met. Oh, trying to get pregnant? Okay. But she knew that. Um, you can imagine that when we go talk to people going forward, Everyone's going to try to distance themselves from any of this. Yes. And 
so that what's going to happen when Nikki says no? It was our plan to kill everyone and run off together. Okay. We're going to talk to her. Absolutely. We have to. So can we get ahead of that for you? Can we get all of that out right now? I mean, so are you sure she's not going to say, oh, I kind of knew he was going to kill me? No. She's not going to say no. that? No. Okay. Um, and she's not going to say, boy, we were making plans about buying a house or an apartment. She's going to say that? No. Like, she really just... Once I have my own place, like, you know, like, hang out more. Okay. So after the separation, after that dust settled, then you have availability to go see Nikki. You guys have talks like that? Yeah, I mean, like, she generally liked me. Okay. Please don't put her name out there. She's been through enough in her life now. Stuff like that, we, we never try to put out. Well, I'm just knowing the friends, if they got into an affair, they would, they would drag her through the mud. I don't yeah. want that. You know, this is, I always say it's interesting because it is Amanda, but for someone who's brutally murdered his pregnant wife and two young daughters, he's very noble about protecting his girlfriend in all of this, or is he protecting his own reputation because he doesn't want it out there he was having an affair? I think it's a bit of both, but as as you said, he's being noble about his girlfriend, but is happy to have his wife, who is pregnant, um, declared a monster. I mean, it it just proves how how absolutely screwed up this guy is. But the fact that they say when we asked Nikki if you had spoken to her about this, it took him three seconds to answer, which I know doesn't sound like a lot, but we've seen him um, jump in to answer. a question with denial that the fact that mm. he took three seconds then he's trying to think of what to say there because he obviously now is starting to think well, what do they know and you know so we can almost assume from that allegedly that um he had told her about this so it's interesting, interesting. that this sort of starts to play in and you know and then it's like um they they sort of put in we think um that 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 you had killed the kids before Shanann got home, you know, um, that, that this is where this happened and they're trying to make a different side of timeline, you know. Um, but the fact that he says, oh, yeah, but she's been through enough. It's like, mm. honey, look what you did to your wife, honey. And it's just insane that um, it, it proves that he does love his his girlfriend. I mean, he killed for her, uh, you know, so then that they could have this most amazing life together. But it's just horrifying that... Um, the woman he loved and had three, almost three children with, um, doesn't get that same respect. I think, yeah, it's just horrible. I just can't get it. Yeah, it is. Well, we we mentioned the moral high ground before. Lee then asks Watts if he feels any remorse. Do you feel sorry for what you did? For sure. I wouldn't have lost control. Three seconds. His response took less than three seconds and he's still denying it. Of course he's going to deny it because he's trying to make all of this sort of fit and, you know, he's, he's just 
trying to work out every feature because he is so far behind the officers. He's so far behind working out what is going on that, you know, it just, it, it's something that he just went on and on and on and on about Nikki. And then when he's asked about his wife, it goes, bang, done. It's just mm. absolutely incredible that he can just do that that easily. Yeah, absolutely. Well, after a quick break, the two agents and Watts return to the room. Lee has a few more questions about the dump site. Um, we just have a question for you about that the site. Are you 100% positive that Bella and Celeste are in these tanks? How did you get them in the tanks? Cause the hatch. The hatch. How do you access that? Walk upstairs. And then what? Open. So they were saying like you could barely fit an arm through that. It's How big is it? I mean, it's like. I mean, you can use the Toby Gates tanks. So you think it's about like, just like a pot or a, what's that thing on the ground like, on the street? Like a manhole? Like a manhole cover? Like, is it that big? Okay. Was it hard to get them in there? Did you have to push or anything or? Not really. Okay. Are you, we're sure? You're yeah, sure? Yeah. Okay, like we're gonna have to drain these tanks. It's gonna be kind of a a mess. So I just want to make sure that you're being truthful about that. And is it because is Shanann here because she couldn't like could you not lift her all the way up there or you couldn't? Would she have been too big to fit in that hole? Did you know that already? Just from the work and then I do that. Okay. And the girls aren't going to be with her in this. We're down here. Yeah. No. Do you really think this just blew from wherever that was? Mm -hmm. Okay. That's very open area. Very uh, susceptible to windstorms and everything else. There's nothing. There's no trees. Nothing protecting that area from storms coming through. Tornadoes and like that. Okay. But when we drain these, they're both going to be in each one. One's going to be in each one. Okay. How do you drain it? There's a backside valve. The two-inch baylon drains to the pit. It's right there. Oh, can they, they can just drain it off? Will they both fit? All the stuff that's in there fit? In I'm there? not sure how much fluid in those things. Did they drop down? Could you hear them drop? Like this thing that you dropped away? Uh, one seemed emptier than the other. Which one do you think? To the left one. The one that fell again? Mm -hmm. I mean, did it sound like she would have hit the bottom kind of thing, or did you hear her hit like one? There's no chance that you put them in there when they're still alive, no, God, is there? No, 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 God, no, God, no. Okay. Oh, that struck a nerve. Isn't that amazing that we finally see a very different what's come um, through? And that could have gone two ways. He it could have been disgusted like he was, or it could have made him think, oh, shit, did I make sure they were dead? And could have been mm. absolute 
fear and loathing at himself that he could have done that. So uh, it, it went to the place of, of disgust, what a surprise, because that's about his, his self-preservation, not the trauma his daughters could have gone through if they weren't dead. So, um, yeah, but that was a place that they went to. This is where they could go again if they needed to because they found the, the thing that, as you said, did hit a nerve. Mm. Well, for the final moments of the interrogation, the scene swaps to the body cam of a police officer. Chris, come stand up for me. I'm going to have you face that wall over there. Just face it. Lift up your hands. You know, Amanda, he's been officially cuffed and arrested. And this is why this is a whole season on Chris Watts, because not only do we have the moment the police officer turned up and went through the house and followed this case, we then have what we're used to seeing, the police interview. But before that, we went into the neighbour's house. We saw their um, uh, their cameras, their CCTV. We've seen the uh, footage of all the police interrogation. We're now actually seeing body cam footage of the arrest happening. And next week, next week, we are going to see the trial and what happened in court in the final episode of, a, of this season on Chris Watts. I'm so glad we've done this deep dive. Yeah, it's it's been absolutely exhausting for me, as as I said at the beginning. But um, it's also now re-energised me watching this because <laughs> seeing him get cuffed again, I tell you what, it gave me goosebumps in a good way because I thought, yeah, you smug bastard, you've finally been cuffed and you're now going to have to listen to people telling you what to do for the next 40 years of your life. I, I tell you what, he's been working out. And, and sure, you get to work out in jail, but... Uh, 
those protein shakes are few and far between, so we'll uh, be missing out on those. I hope it was worth it. <laughs> exactly, and we know that he's actually a bit chunky now in, in jail again too, so, you know, sucks to him. <laughs> <laughs> now, to bring you up to speed with what I was talking about at the beginning of the episode, when Chris oh, Watts yes. finishes next week, we are going to take a bit of an extended break, except... If you're on Patreon and Uscreen, where we will be doing our bonus series, the John Bonet Judge Rob series, where Amanda will present her evidence to Judge Rob and Judge Rob will declare who killed John Bonet Ramsey. If you know the case, you know Amanda's always got special bits that you don't know about. And this is I'm aware of jo- I'm aware of John Bonet Ramsey, but I am not. I have not done a deep dive, so this will be the first time I do a deep dive as Judge Rob to determine who killed that little girl. And you can only get that on Patreon on the ten dollar plus tier. This is bonus material. It will be made available audio and video. So if you're a Patreon bonus on the $10 tier, you will get the audio feed. So will the $20 people. But the people on $25 plus will get the video version of this feed. And of course, you will get it on Uscreen as part of your subscription. So if you want those, go to Uscreen, sorry, go to mwm.uscreen.io or patreon.com slash mwmconfessions. Amanda, I hope you're okay with those executive decisions. <laughs> I am so excited about time. I've been sitting on this for so long. I think I'm actually going to have to go and read. Oh, look, I'm all, I'm all frantic now. I'm going to have to go and read You're the whole script again and go through my notes. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. So thank well, you. This, this will allow us to do it. So um, we've already started building the episodes. Amanda's finished most of the John Bonet Ramsey. We've got all our clips and overlays starting to be compiled, and that means we can get through it faster than we would a normal series, although there's going to be quite a few episodes with it but it will only be the bonus which will mean that's why we're taking that extended break all right you have it all we've laid out we put our cards on the table that's how it's all going down so in the meantime sign up through patreon or you screen but get ready for the final episode of chris watts next week on monsters who murder serial killer confessions amanda howard the true crime author best-selling true crime author serial killer whisperer and criminologist thank you very much Thank you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. quince.com slash style.